Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Martin Bayfield and this is the Rugby Tonight podcast. On this week's show, we welcome Wales, Lions and Northampton wing George North and made in Chelsea's Jamie Lang. Here's the best of our Rugby Tonight insight and analysis from Brian O'Driscoll, Lawrence Delalio, Austin Healy and our studio guests. Please welcome Northampton Wales and Lions legend George North. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> All in one piece? Yeah, so Nothing one piece. happened on the walk? No, I survived Excellent. that one as well, yeah. I mean, well, the reason why we make that pathetic joke is because Wales World Cup was quite remarkable for the injuries that came your way. Um, give us an idea of what it was like through the campaign as people just kept falling around you. Um, yeah, pretty difficult, if I'm honest, because, you know, you, everyone knows pre-season's a tough time. You can't try and keep yourself in one piece and try and get through it. But every week, one more seemed to drop off and and sort of get injured and, um, you know, it was a bit strange to start with, but then obviously towards the end it was getting a bit, <laughs> a bit scary really how many injuries we had, but, you know, considering that, you know, the boys dug, dug, sort of dug deep and we had a good result. What were the guys saying in the squad then? It sort of galvanised you, did it? Made you play better, even, you know, Scramov's playing on the wing, whatever next? Yeah, that could be a second row, couldn't I, really? Keep away. Yeah, no, it, it's one of those things, isn't it? You know, um, you sort of do that whole sort of camp together, the, the hard work, hard graft, and you think, oh, I've come this far now. You might as well just throw everything at it now, knowing that you know, we've got nothing else to lose, really. Well, talking about coming back into being, you've been a Northampton man yourself, it's not been the easiest reintegration back into the club game for you, has it? Not you personally, <laughs> but uh, you know, for, the, for the Saints in general. International boys coming back, it hasn't really clicked just yet. No, uh, yeah, I think you know, there's no way of hiding from that. Obviously, we've not had the, as much form as we wanted, especially from last season as well. Um, I think we've, we've, we've shown good glimpse. You know, I just think we haven't had that consistency yet, but, you know... It's not a panic, it's a hell of a long season and, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll be there at the end. Brian, is it something that always happens after a World Cup? There's a bit of a World Cup hangover. It just takes a while for guys' brains to switch from a World Cup to the rigours of a premiership. There can be, because at the, at the end of the previous season, you're, you're looking forward to that World Cup and then you have that whole focus and you haven't been with your club for, you know, most people haven't been with their club for that pre-season at all. And then all of a sudden, you either win it, very few teams do that, 
or you're out. So you know, there's a disappointment to deal with. So it's almost as if there's a mourning period before you can kind of get yourself up again and look forward to, to, to the rest of your season. And I suppose this weekend is fantastic that we've got Europe to look forward to, um, you know, to get away from the rigours of, uh, of the domestic game. Um, how far away are the Saints from clicking? Um, honestly, I don't think we're that far away. I think if you, if you watch the game and you were there, I think we, we showed a good glimpse of, uh, of phases together. I just think we lacked that little bit of composure together in some of the key areas. Uh, especially in that 22, we could have taken a few more points when we had the chance. Um, but, you know, the, the squad is, we're a good squad and you don't become a poor team overnight. So it's just a case of just pulling, pulling tight now, making sure everything's right, ready for obviously a long season. No sense of panic, though, at the moment. That's the crucial thing, isn't it? This early stage, there's no panic. Yeah, no, no panic at all. Don't hit the panic button just yet. Um, we're fine. You know, it's just a case of just finding our feet and then once we find our feet, I'm sure we'll be flying. Well, you've got four decent games to target coming up. Um, you play Gloucester home, Bath away, Irish away and Exeter at home. Uh, Northampton of old will expect to take quite a few points out of those games, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think, uh, I think as, you, as the, you mentioned earlier, the fact that we're going into European stage now, it kind of freshens the boys, gives a bit of chance to sort of focus on performing and getting up to speed again and obviously got a nice run to get a few points on the way. Where do you sta stand on Sam Burgess? And I don't mean physically. Um, Towering over him. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, you know, to change code like that is obviously a massive, massive challenge. Um, I, I personally think he had given, was given enough time to really learn his trade, as you know, as you mentioned earlier, where you play in eight, at, well, six or twelve, it's kind of a, a massive different role. And I think to learn that, you have to give him time, and I don't think he had enough time really. Was that his choice, though? Do you think? Do you say it's his, cho it's his choice to leave? So we're we saying that we, he wasn't given enough opportunity, which I don't think is really the case. You no, know, I think he was definitely given enough opportunity. He was thrown in the deep end, yeah. and I don't know whether he was able to swim enough to uh, to warrant a World Cup place. You know retrospectively looking at that World Cup. Uh, having said that, we talked about it last week, I think six is his, it was his position. He was going to have to invest another year, year and a half to become a world-class six, which I thought he was capable of doing. But instead, he's gone back into a role that he's fully comfortable with. And one that seems absolutely seamless to him, and he gets to you know, hang out with his family and his mum. Who doesn't like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, you can understand. If you're not enjoying it, yeah. then why hang around? Yeah. Go back. And, Lawrence, people are saying, they're blaming him, they blame Bath, they're blaming England. Surely the blame rests mainly at the door of England, at the selectors, the way it was handled. Yeah, I listen, I think we get it out here, there straight away that England didn't lose the World Cup because of Sam Burgess and because of that selection. But, um, you know, to expect a guy who's never played a sport, never played in that position, to come straight in on the back of, you know, a few, ma a few decent matches and go straight into a rugby World Cup squad is a huge ask. And I think I agree that 12 months down the line, you know, if you pick one position, you're stuck with it, put a bit of work in there. Um, he could have possibly made it. And I think when we brought Sam Burgess over, I thought it was looking ahead to sort of two or three years' time rather than just you know, parachuting him straight into that World Cup squad. So, no, I mean, uh, the likes of, of uh, Wales must have been uh, having a little chuckle to themselves, thinking, are they really going to pick this bloke? You, you get the feeling there is more to come on the Sam Burgess no, debacle. There's well, more, but not here. No, we're not having here. a fine bucket. Any mention of Sam Burgess, pound in the tin, that's it. Done and dusted. But on the... Australian connection. Uh, Argentina are going to be playing the Barbarians. Michael Checker is going to be coaching the Barbarians. Uh, the RFU have said, uh, Lawrence, that there has been no official approach. So we won't pursue that, but we'll pursue instead the idea of a Michael Checker type person. And the reason it would appear Australia performed so well in the World Cup was because he let their players 
express themselves and play to their normal characteristics. You could argue that England were a little bit hampered, straight-jacketed. Is a Michael Checker type person who England should be looking at? Yeah, I mean, you want someone who's, who's got experience of coaching. Um, that helps, I believe. Um, and uh, <laughs> we've, we've picked a few couple of people in the past that haven't got that, and clearly it's not gone well. So Michael Checker is a winner. You know, he's been coaching not just in Australia, but... Uh, in different parts of the world. And I think when you're addressing players, you know, even if they don't know you, they, they, they believe you because you've come from that winning culture. So, Michael Checker, I'd be very surprised if, uh, even if England had or hadn't talked to him, whether he decides after 12 months that he's going to leave the second best side in the world and, uh, and come and coach England. I think he's on a, on a journey with Australia. But uh, look, England have to pick the very best coach. Um, and that, you know, at this moment in time, might be from outside of uh, the British Arms. Back to the Viva Premiership now and to the Stoot where on Friday night Harlequins were looking to build upon their brilliant round three away win against Bath. Their opponent, Sale, had a pretty good week themselves beating the Saints. So some big results in round four. Harlequins, well, they'll be absolutely delighted the way they've started the season. A tight win over Sale Sharks. Sale Sharks could have just pinched it, but that drop goal just drifting away right at the death. London Irish, they are struggling. Bath, exactly the tonic they wanted. So much talk around them. Off the field, a big performance on the field. Worcester Warriors go Going well, going strong. Northampton Saints, sorry George, they are struggling a little bit at the moment. It's a tough dower affair, but yeah. Saracen's got all the points. And Exeter Chiefs, they are looking very impressive as well. And Wasps, as we just saw, a comfortable win over Gloucester. Yeah, it means the table looks like this. Stays the same down the bottom. Newcastle could have got a bonus point there, but remain on no points with London Irish. Saints and Gloucester and Wasps and Sale and Worcester all starting to pull away now. And at the top, the same applies. Saracen still standing strong. Exeter leapfrog Leicester Tigers, as do Harlequins. And it's looking like a decent top four. Well, no doubt, Austin, what your highlight of the weekend was. You let everyone watching the Wasp Gloucester game know what it was. We all loved. Christy Wade's try, but you took it to another level. Remember this? Good chase from Hook. Hook Jackson doing enough, and here goes Wade. A little bit of help from Piotau. Nice line cut by Daly. Brilliant from Daly, and back it goes to Wade. First of the season for Christian Wade. Yeah! Well done, Woody. <laughs> you should be wearing his shirt. But do you know what it was? It was just a simple fact. I've watched all 24 games so far this season, and I honestly think that the standard has been terrible so far. Some of the individual skill levels, and that's it, a bit of a sweeping statement. There has been some moments of brilliance, but on the whole, we haven't seen sides attack space, attack gaps, and that was the first time we'd seen a side just play what was in front of them, not play what they've been told, not do something that was written on a, on a board on the week leading up to it, play what they see. And it came from young, exciting players that Wasps have. And if you're that young, exciting player, and, you know, Drick will be the same when he was younger as well, and you're playing in that back line, the same for George, you want to touch the ball, you want to get that opportunity, and we're not giving these players enough opportunity to do that. That's why I got so excited. Lawrence, it's almost, as we mentioned earlier, it's almost like they've hit the reset, potentially hit the reset button for these young players. Many people saying they should have gone to the World Cup, should have been in the squad. Yeah. Elliot Daly was one such player. Christian Wade grabs the headlines with that try. But Elliot Daly, what a performance from him. Three penalties, averaging 
or, or over 150 metres if you had a Well, that's, this is an additional bonus in his game, isn't it? That he can just smash them over from everywhere. But he was unlucky to miss out on that, that World Cup selection. But as far as I'm concerned, at the beginning of every season, particularly after a World Cup in the way that England have performed, the slate is wiped clean. You know, every, every player, you know, selection is now up for grabs. You know, if you're an existing player, you've got to go out and play well. If you're a young player now, there's no better time than the opening six or seven rounds of the Premiership to go out and prove that you're worthy of whoever, you know, selects the, uh, the next England squad. Well, like you say, there's a lot of players putting their hands up, Daly being one of them, but Kovacic as well. He was up against an old master yeah. in the back row and George Smith. They both had really good games. Yeah, I mean, George Smith was named man of the match, you know, and he, he was outstanding. It's like the master against the apprentice, really. But I really like Matt Kovacic. I think what the World Cup has shown is that you do need a genuine open side. Um, you do need someone who can really challenge and make turnovers. Uh, you know, and this guy moved from Worcester. He struggled in his first season when he played for Gloucester because their type five were, were under pressure. But I think that this could be his season where he gets back to where we truly believe he can get. He's got real potential. And I thought he was, uh, you know, despite being in a losing side, was outstanding. George, do you find when you come back from a World Cup campaign um, and you rejoin your club, some of the younger guys are there and they say, look, we've carried on playing. You've been away. We've raised our game. They almost want to prove to you that they've taken their game to another level. Yeah, obviously when, you, when you've been away for so long, obviously they're there to sort of settle the ship and keep the sort of standards high. And when you come back, I think it's, it's good to have that competition. You know, it sort of it drives the sort of senior boys that've been away, uh, sort of pushes them to go a bit harder. And then obviously it's always going to push the stand up in the squad as well. Jamie, you're, you're like most of an English fan. You've got a lot of rugby inside you. You know, you love the game. What do you make of Chris Robshaw? I mean, there's a lot of talk about him in the press. Is he the right man? We're doing a poll this evening. How do you feel as a fan? I mean, I've, I, I, I'm not the person to judge, I don't think. I think, it's, I think it's a huge pressure to captain any side, especially in the World Cup. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I think he's a great player. I, I think, you know, I, I do think he you know, probably made some decisions that didn't go his way and probably didn't go, you know, our way and probably made some mistakes. But, you know, it, it, like I said, there's a lot of pressure to captain a side. To, to get your own back on that question, you can now ask Austin about dress sense and the best clubs to go out in, in you can have that one but but uh, Lawrence I'm quite good on reality TV yeah. as well to be honest Lawrence the interesting thing about Rob Shaw wearing the number six shirt for the first time is that significant well I think yeah I think you know Conor O'Shea was trying to support England last year um you know I think a lot of people who know a little bit about the back row you know feel that his best position possibly is at six and not at seven um and they picked him at six. They wouldn't have done that last season because I think it would have put added pressure on him. Um, I think, you know, he's a, he and England had a disappointing World Cup. That you can't walk away from that. The best way he can respond is to uh, accept all the criticism and just go out there and make you that even more determined to go out there and, and play well. And he, he's, he's playing in a winning Harlequin side. Just go out there, play as well as you can. And as I said, when the selection comes up again, you name the team first and then you worry about who's captain after that. Well, the slate's clean, as you said. So let's flip it and look at something more positive. And Exeter, Dricko, have been a side that you've been watching a lot this year. Yeah, listen, I, I never played in the Premiership, but uh, I played against most Premiership teams. And any time I've watched Exeter, I've always been excited by them. I think Rob Baxter's doing a fantastic job there. You get a real sense that it's a, it's a villagey feel. You know, what you see over in France with the Toulons and the Claremonts, that everyone gets behind the team. And it's a real focal point for, for, for the city. So. Uh, they've got some real talent coming through now. Steenson obviously had a great game, but Ewers was brilliant in the back row. Uh, and Henry Slade, you know, you were banging on about him last year. I was like, you know, is this boy really good? 
and then I saw a bit of him in the World Cup and, and, and in the warm-ups, and he is the real deal. So, he, you know, with, with more game time and more exposure, he's going to be class, and he's going to make them a better side. Could you argue they were a little bit fortunate, maybe, with a Thompson try? What did you make of it? Do you think it was a try or not? For me, I'm, I'm, I'm always a believer that you have to give the attacking team the preference, and if in doubt at all, I, w I would go with the attacking team. I think he still has control of it. You know, he's still entitled to roll it off the leg onto the ground. I still think he's still in control, so I think it's a five-pointer, yeah. Listen to Richard Cockle's interview after the game. He felt that, it, that they were beaten physically. They, they weren't quite there. I think they gave away a lot of penalties at scrum time. And, and the good news for Exeter is they just had that period of pressure where Leicester came back at them and, uh, and they managed to hold out and respond to that. When you look at Viana, uh, George, um, for, for Tigers fullback, dangerous, dangerous runner. They, they will have gone away from Exeter Chiefs disappointed with the defeat, but he, when he gets the ball in hand, he's dangerous, isn't he? Yeah, obviously, um, I, I watched back the game um, on the weekend, but for a man, he's got great footwork, he's got good feet, he's, uh, you know, his handling skills are brilliant, as aren't obviously a real sort of dangerous runner. And that's the sort of thing that, uh, Lawrence, that uh, Tigers need to latch yeah, onto, they need to build on those positives, it's don't they? We, we all know the strength of the Tigers' game. What hasn't been a strength of their game has been their attacking game. You know, without Tuilangi, Gonover is, is really key for them. I think Aaron Major, um, you know, has got work to do there, but you can't make those changes overnight. You, you know, I think their game will develop. They don't beat that many defenders. They don't, yeah. you know, make that many clean breaks. They don't get support to the runners. And talking to Aaron Major, I think that's something that he'll be working on. They're starting to now, aren't they? They are indeed. To look a lot better. Yeah, very much still in the hunt. Well, as we saw, things are going very well for uh, Harlequins and things are getting better for them. Last week, we gave you the opportunity to get involved and be a 10th judge to vote for the October Aviva Premiership Player of the Month. We're delighted to announce that October's Player of the Month was Nick Evans. Right, I'd like to say thank you to Aviva for the uh, lovely award. Sorry I couldn't be down there at BT Studios to, to pick it up myself, but it's made its way down here to the Twickenham uh, training grounds, which is brilliant. I'd also like to say a big thank you to the uh, Aviva 10th judge, the public. Great concept, and uh, I pretty appreciate the votes as well. So hope you guys have a great night, and I'll assume the box of beers is in the, uh, in the post. Well, it's nice to hear that David Strettel is doing well because we caught up with him and Nick Abendanen as we went over to Claremont to see how they are feeling ahead of this European campaign. Saracens, St Albans, uh, you know, when you're playing at Barnet, it's, it, it's not the lifeblood of the, of the town, of the city. Whereas you come here, it's people say, oh, it's rugby mad. Every car you see has got an ASM sticker in the back, a Claremont sticker, you know, it's, it's got the yellow and blue, you know, ribbons on the aerials. It, it is rugby maddened. And uh, it's something which is great to be part of. I was sitting next to Jonathan Davies on the bus on the way to the stadium, and for the last five kilometres or something like that, people had parked their cars up, there were flags, there were, you know, just a sea of yellow. And I just looked mm. at Jonathan and said, you know, this is exactly the reason why you come and play in France for a team like Clermont. The first home game I played, it was amazing. And Nick just said, just wait till that, the Champions Cup happens, that's a different level. You can see how big the games are and the memories the boys have got, and you kind of want to be part of that. They have Strets come in, you know, we'll sit and we'll have a coffee. We'll reminisce chat about England Reminisce Saxons about the good old days. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, it's, uh, you know, it's great to have, great to have Strets here, another, you know, the, another English guy. And, um, you know, we just hope that the season this year can be as much success as it was last year. Champions Cup here for, for Claremont is, for them, it's another level. That I think that's the, the trophy they're really, really searching for. 
in a final you're playing against the next best team in France or in uh, in Europe. I think we went about 12, 15 points up in the Champions Cup final, and then we gave Lee Halfpenny three very easy penalties, and suddenly, instead of being 12 points ahead, you're four points ahead. It's something you know we've really got to learn from. Tough thing to see grown men crying and seeing the sort of emotion that the French guys have to succeed. We're really looking forward to getting back into the Champions Cup and we know we've got the squad to, to do it again. There's no reason why we can't be in both finals again this year and, and make sure that we learn from our mistakes from last year and go one better. We know we've got you know, a hell of a tough games and uh, we just got to make sure that we're as prepared as possible to, to take them front on. Real flair players there, but Lawrence, obviously the French guys, they're used to winning a lot of games by real fine margins, and it was a fine margin last year that cost uh, Clement. Do you think they can turn it around? Yeah, I mean, they always have a little bit of this home and away mentality in, in French club rugby. They put their strongest available 15 at, at home, and then uh, away from home, they seem to sort of ch you know rotate and change things around. And they're an incredible club, Clement. They've been very well supported, very well coached. And you just think, with all the resources and, the, and that fanatical support they've got, they probably should have had a bit more return than the than the one top 14 title. They've, they've always been, you know, the bridesmaids, never quite the bride in, in Europe. And I just wonder, you know, they, they've, got, they play, they've got the ability to play a very expansive game, but when it comes to the crunch and the big games in Saint-Etienne in the semi-final, they just seem to close up and perhaps don't play or gamble with their, with their that game. That was insane, play. wasn't it? If we can see an yeah. atmosphere like that again, it was off yeah. the charts that Amazing. day, wasn't it? George, is it potentially for, for Northampton, European competition, a way of forgetting about the Premiership form and reinventing yourself, getting going again. Yeah, exactly that. I think for us, obviously, the, the start of the season in the Premiership was a bit <laughs> not the best, is the best to put it. Um, for us now, it's a great chance to sort of find our form again, uh, sort of get back to playing a bit of open rugby, a bit of quick rugby and um, some tempo and find the form for the rest of the tournament. Brian, it's interesting hearing what Gavin Morton was saying. There's pressure on French rugby now. The French public are realising that the, the teams look great, the club teams look amazing, but it's not transferring into the national team. Do you think we're going to see a slight change in style in the French side? I don't necessarily uh, think that. I think you look at, at Toulon and, and they seem to be the standard bearers of, for Europe for the last three seasons. And some of the stuff that they play in, in Stade Mayol is different than anyone else. Maybe Claire, uh, Claremont are you know, the exception to that, where they play fantastically at home as well. But um, you know, they're, they're now able to translate that form away. And I think if you're, you, know, you look at the, the group of Toulon, Wasps, Bath and Leinster, I think there's, there's eight titles between them. And for the rest of the competition, there's nine in total. You see, the strength of that group <laughs> yeah. is kind of phenomenal. Um, so, you know, anyone that comes out of that group is going to obviously be very match-hardened. And if you beat Toulon, I think you know, you're going to be close to winning it. Sort of makes the England group of hell not that bad, does it's it? It's not too bad, not too bad. <laughs> big talking point in English rugby, again, always foreign players, getting the English players back. David Strettles got over to France. Let's listen to what he had to say during the course of that interview. Lawrence, you might find this quite interesting. Well, I was in a situation where I hadn't really heard much off Stuart for a couple of years. My form warranted, you know, hearing something off the national coach. I was, you know, uh, playing well enough. And I just thought, you know, rightly so, having not heard anything, that, you know, that was my time up for England. And uh, I'd already signed for Claremont uh, when I was announced in the, in the team. And I'd, I'd kind of made my decision for my career. And, uh, you know, when I, I think like most sportsmen, um, you do have to be selfish in a way that when you make a decision, you know, and, and you, you, your career's there, it's a new start. Uh, I saw how well Nick had done, obviously. And I just would rather start a club at the very beginning than possibly 
you know, get dropped out of the squad or, you know, start later on. And decision I made. And um, it's very tough, obviously, watching England. You, it's a home World Cup. It would have been amazing to be part of. But I, I do agree with Nick that, you know, if I'm, a, if I'm a coach, you know, coaching any country, coaching any team, you know, it's, you ideally want to be able to pick your, pick your best players. And uh, why you shackle yourself, you know, so that you kind of feel like, oh, I can't actually do that, no, I can't do this. Lawrence, that's very, very open of stretch yeah. there. I mean, what do you make of that? Well, listen, he's, he's quite right. He said, look, I, I wanted to make a decision for my future. I decided to sign for Claremont. But I just find it weird that as an England coach, whoever was in charge of the player relationship, you should be talking to your best players week in, week out, you know, giving them the, the motivation to carry on. And it's pretty clear to that that he, he made a decision to sign a contract. Then he got named in the England squad. So, you know, what is the level of communication between, you know, the, the top coaches in this country and the players week in, week out? Some people would argue, of course, the phones you kept, they do, they do send calls as well as receive calls. Yeah. That's the marvellous thing about them. Mine never rings. Sorry? Mine hardly ever rings. Yeah, you've got to have friends in your contact list, <laughs> oh, though, that's, and that's, that's the problem. Well, look, let's look ahead at some of these matches because European competition is what gets everyone very, very excited. You heard David Strethel and Nick Abendon on talking about whether this could be the year for Claremont. But you look through all those fixtures, we've got previous champions, we've got teams that are desperate to get going. We get everything going on Friday night here on BT Sport 1 at Welford Road. Leicester Tigers taking on Stade Francais Paris. This is what Richard Cockrell makes of the impending match. We know they've got quality players. Clearly, they haven't played anywhere near as, as well as they, they could have um, so far this season. But we expect a tough battle, physical. The French always bring a physical battle, um, big set-piece game. But it's important um, for us to get a, a big start at home. Richard Cockrell clearly illuminated by someone's mobile phone whilst conducting that interview. These are some of the other matches that are on, but this is the next one we bring you here on BT Sport. Northampton Saints against Scarlets. George, you are going to be hugely interested in this one, obviously because you're playing for the Saints, against the Scarlets. What's the mood ahead of this encounter? Um, yes, yeah, two teams I know very well, obviously. Um, the mood of the camp is obviously is something we're excited for. Looking forward to getting that challenge. Uh, the new, obviously, get back into European rugby. And as I said, try and find the form we haven't had this season. Is it a case of just settling the nerves and getting back to a game plan that you know? Yeah, I think, I think so. I think now we've got all the boys back in, we've had a few good weeks together training, we know what's going on, and I think uh, for us, let's find our form, find the rhythm, and we'll be, we'll be okay. Well, you're going to have uh, Ken Owens in your face. This is what he had to say. He, he was challenged, you know, going to Franklin's Gardens first up. It's going to be a tough, tough one, but when we're looking forward to you know, that's, that's why we play. And when I play in this uh, European tournament is, uh, is to play against the best teams. They've signed well over the summer and especially uh, players coming in post-World Cup. And, um, you know, it's going to be a really tough challenge up there, but one we're looking forward to. So that is our Saturday game, and then three absolute monsters for you on Sunday. Leinster against Wasps, and then Bordeaux against Clermont, and then Toulon against Bath. Those last two, Toulon, Bath, Leinster, Wasps, they are in the same group. Very exciting. And, yeah, babe, should be able to watch all of those highlights as well of all the matches on Sunday at 7.30pm on BT Europe HD. Lol, we've had a poll. What are the results? Yeah, the poll was, should Chris Robshaw be the captain of England again, yes or no? And whilst there were a lot of supportive tweets for Chris Robshaw, 79% of you at home think that it's time for a change. I guess if you're England captain, you just go and take that criticism and you go out and play very well over the coming weeks. First time in my life, I found the gap. Here we are. We'll be tonight. <laughs> we'll be back on the 30th of November, which is after the first two rounds of European matches. To be in the studio audience, get in touch to the audience at rugbytonight.com. Remember, it's free to be here, so come along and enjoy the evening. These guys have, haven't they? Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you to George, to Jamie, to the barbarian cheaters, of course, to the audience. Cheerio. See you in a few weeks' time.
Thanks for listening to the Rugby Tonight podcast. We'll be back again soon for more rugby insight and analysis. See you then. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.